All right. So like Amy said, I'm going to talk about old infants are ugly things. <laughs> I got some proof for you today. So I was watching a documentary on this guy who had trauma as a child. So he's like, I just like to be a baby. And I thought, you know, the, your first thing is like, that's cringy. You're watching it and you're like, this, why am I watching this? Like, I, I don't even want to watch it around somebody because it felt like so cringe. And it wasn't like a, it was like, I want to be where it was simple, where my life was good. Like, I, I want to be a two years old. And he like made his bed into an actual crib and he, he played with toys and he did this for like three or four hours a day and then went to his normal life. And I thought, oh, he needs some inner healing. Lord, we got to sozo. I'm going to send him something. But I started thinking about that, and you know, he wore diapers, and he drank from a bottle, and had to pay because he needed that. That I need someone to care for me, and it was ugly. So I got some slides for you to show you. So first, like when you see this, ah, isn't that cute? Like that's cute. We want to see that. That's beautiful. And then that's creepy, right? Cringe. That's cringy. But then it's okay because you know, then you see that we like that. That makes see the smiles. Then. That's the guy I was talking, uh, right? That, we don't want to see that. We're all like, okay, Sarah, are you going? Let's finish with a good one, okay? Okay, 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 real smiles. Because like, as you guys are looking at me, I'm watching you watch that, and like, you have real smiles, and that come on, you're like, huh, this is, I'm feeling uncomfortable even seeing this with other people. It does, right? Yeah. You see someone come down the street like that, you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's weird, it's gross, it's not normal, it's not right, it's not desired. If you over two and you're wearing a diaper, we got a problem. But maturity is also essential as we carry our cross. Do you guys realize that? You get saved, you're the cute baby. You stay with just your salvation. We're not even put the pictures up because it's scary. Unfortunately, we get so excited about altar calls and leading people to Jesus. We leave them in the diapers. We leave them with the pacifier. All they're getting is milk, and they're walking around like that adult baby in the church, and everyone's like, oh, this is cringy, right? Someone come in like that, I'd be like, okay, you may come in, but you are not going out with a pacifier. You are not going out with a diaper. You are not going out like that. Come on in. We'll grow you up a little bit. So let's get in the Word. 1 Corinthians 14, if you want to follow along or whatever you want to do or if you want to listen. It says, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Let love be your greatest aim. When we're walking, love should be our greatest aim. Nevertheless, ask also for the special ability the Holy Spirit gives, and especially the gifts of prophecy, being able to preach the message of God. Dear brothers, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent babes when it comes to planning evil. You guys see where God said, you can be a baby, but be a baby in the things that are not of me. You shouldn't be mature in how to hurt people, how to cause pain, how to be rebellious to the Holy Spirit. But be men of intelligence and understanding matters of this kind. Then we go to Ephesians. In Ephesians 4, it says, I beg you, I am a prisoner here in jail serving the Lord to live and act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen to such wonderful blessings as these. I don't know if I would feel that was a blessing when I'm in jail, but he's talking about that. He's like, hey, we've, we've been obsessed with Christ. We've laid down everything 
And here we're writing from you to say, can you do the same thing? Because you're on the outside. You have people that you're meeting. You have the freedom to go and preach the gospel. Okay? And so it's chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. But be humble. If you've got to say, look at me, I'm being humble, right there. If you have to tell people that you're humble, are you humble? No. no. Humility is something that others see about you. If you have to say, I am so humble, I hope they give me an award for my humility. You are not humble. Gentle. If you say, I'm gentle. Look how gentle I am. These things are not things that we say about ourselves. They are actions that should happen, and people are like, they're just so gentle. I saw something with, I think I told you, so you guys may know Keelan and Kevin, but they have a son, and he's a baby, but he's, he's like a little man, okay? And you guys know Vea, and she is this teeny little person. <laughs> She's so little, and she just goes up to him like, here, he's twice the size of her, and, and she's just so gentle, like, oh, look at my baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I just thought, you know, she has that gentle heart. That's how it should be. Like, when you just see it, you're like, oh, my gosh. And she's, like, trying to pick him up. and do something. I'm like, that's not going to work, honey, but keep trying. <laughs> you're, like, 25 pounds. He's not. You know, what? what? Well, yours is 35. I was talking about, like, yeah, yeah. Like, when you're little, yeah. Yeah, I was going to be nice and not say, but. <laughs> I said, he's a. He is a warrior in the kingdom already. He's so smart, too. Like, if you've got to spend any time with these kids, like, I'm like, can you teach me? Because you are smarter than me right now. Like, it's awesome. But where were we? So we're going on the word. We're going to keep going. It says, be patient. See, you guys be patient with me. What is the next thing? Being patient. You know, to be honest, that's one I really struggle with. I want what I want now because, in turn, I have a selfish flesh that constantly wants to be in charge. If you live in my household, you will know that is a, that is a fruit of the Spirit that I have to continually plant seeds in. <laughs> and I have to water. And I might be saying some of these, and you're like, yeah, this one's me. There's, there's areas that we need to grow. You know, and it, then it goes on, it says, with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Have some forgiveness. Have a little grace in there. Like, they may not be mature in an area that you are. Don't look and say, well, they should be. You know, and, and, and I, was, I was watching that show in that clip, and I started thinking, like, that's actually really sad because he had such trauma that he doesn't know how to get out of that. And so then it became more like, oh, instead of being like, oh, this is just terrible, it was like, oh, my gosh, I just really feel for this, this man that is hurting so badly. And so we need to really make sure we have you know, allowances for each other's faults and, and cover it with love. And it says, try always to be led along together by the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit everything. You know, after we get in a relationship with someone, you kind of know, like, what time they're going to, you know, what, how much time they need to get up and, and where they're going to go and what they're going to be. You know, like, people have certain phrases and they respond and things like that, right? You get to know people. But when you first get to know them, you need to, you have to learn that. And with the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. At first, you might be like, Holy Spirit, should I do this today or should I do that? When should I get groceries? I mean, it might have to be the simplest things you're asking the Holy Spirit because you're learning how to be led. And then pretty soon, you're like, I know this is the Holy Spirit. I can, 
I, I know the Holy Spirit's pattern. I know the Holy Spirit's character, you know, who he is. But if you're not there, ask every time. Because it's really easy for a lying spirit to come in and say, oh, yeah, don't do that. Don't go there. That wasn't right. This, you know what I mean? When, it, when, when God's like, um, actually, I was going there. I, well, I did want you to do that. So, so long together by the Holy Spirit, be led, and be at peace with one another. Why is it that he gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? Is it that God's people will be equipped to do better work for him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to be a position of strength and maturity? Until finally, we all believe alike about our salvation and about our Savior, God's Son, and all become full grown in the Lord, yes, to the point of being filled full with Christ. Then we will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will lovingly follow the truth at all times, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, and so become more and more in every way like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, under his direction. The whole body is fitted together perfectly. I love that. And each part in its own special way has helped the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How many of you guys like it when your whole body is healthy? How many of you guys have ever had like to have a cast on like your foot or your arm and you haven't been able to use or your leg like you have you've had one part that you normally use and you can't use it? How hard is it to do things like go to the bathroom and you thought this is, should be simple? Brushing my teeth. You ever hurt your dominant hand? You go to brush your teeth, all of a sudden there is toothpaste everywhere. You're like, why can't I handle this? <laughs> it's, it's this big. You know what I mean? Because in that... You know, when you just have, you think, oh, I just have this little headache, but it keeps you in bed. So you see when the whole, it needs that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Not just a piece, not just a part. You know, we can't be limping around. So it's, it's, it's essential that we understand that, okay, I know Christ. Now I have to grow to maturity. I need some maturity. So um, then it goes on in verse 17, it says, Let me say this then, speaking for the Lord, live no longer as the unsaved do. If you know people who don't know the Lord yet, and your life looks similar, who needs to change? Crickets. For they are blinded and confused, their closed hearts are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds against him and they cannot understand his ways. Okay, that's to the church. Do you guys understand? God's not talking to unbelievers there. He's saying, I need the church to be equipped so that we can actually go out and spread the gospel and bring people into the kingdom. It's your guys' job. Yes, everybody, if they don't know the Lord, they're going to act like babies. They're going to act like grown babies. They're going to do things that just don't follow, you know, Christ. They're going to do all of these crazy things that don't honor God because they don't know. We, who have Christ living in us, it's time for us to know. He gave us things specifically for the church, the body, and saying, I need you to grow up because it's important for your life, 
for every generation. If you're like, oh, I know it's, you know, if you have generations back, you might say, we're the first generation that know the Lord. Well, that's because probably the generations before you never grew up, right? They got saved. Oh, I love Jesus. And they're still singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Right? Which is a great song. But you learn that first. Why? Because it's the very basics. I just need to know that Jesus loves me. I need to know the basics of that, which is good. But then you grow, right? So I'm going to keep going in there. So there's some ways we can tell if we are mature or in need of maturity. So you judge these on your own, okay? I'm just going to read them. It's God's word. Um, so um, in Ephesians 4.23, we're going to jump down. So these are some things we can know if we're being mature or not. So we don't need to wonder, like, I wonder if this is, like, what God was talking about. Well, here it is. It says, now your attitudes and thoughts. Those are the hardest ones, aren't they? I can put on, just like how when we saw those pictures, we can put on that, like, fake smile, like, oh, so good, so good. But inside, I'm thinking, I don't want to be here. I don't want to look at that. I don't want, you know what I mean? Our attitudes and thoughts must all be consistently changing for the better. So we got saved, we love the Lord, but it needs to be consistently changing. Every day, every year, every month, all of this time, we should be consistently changing in our attitudes and our thoughts because they should be more and more like Christ every day that we you know, live in the family, in the kingdom, in the body. Let's go on, verse 24. Yes, you must be a new and different person. Okay, I am very glad I am a different person than when, before I knew the Lord. Very gra- glad. You guys are glad, too, because if you knew me before, you wouldn't like it. But, you know, I look at, like, how much, how much bondage I was in, how much pain I lived in all the time. So we need to, you must be new and different person, holy and good. Clothe yourselves with that new nature. Clothe, that means you put on. Stop lying to each other and tell the truth. For we are part of each other, and when we lie to each other, we're hurting ourselves. He's talking about the church. Don't be like, well, you do your truth. It's okay if you live together before you're married, because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know, I don't want sin to enter your life and destroy your entire next generation. I'm going to tell you the truth about what God says, right? But instead, we're like, well, you know, people might not show up on Sunday if you say that. You know what? If people are keeping spirit of religion or they're keeping things of the enemy and they want to keep them, they're not going to be comfortable here because we're going to preach the truth because you know what? If you don't tell people the truth, they will stay in that, not, uh, sometimes unknowingly, and it's actually hurting the body. You know, none of us get mad when, when, when we say, Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't lie. It seems like, like oh, that's, those are, you know, but we, we all tell white lies sometimes, don't we? But that can hurt the body. Just be like, well, they're already living like that, and I don't want to judge. You're not judging by telling them the truth. Are you? you? You speak the truth in love. You don't go up and be like, I hope this just makes them so mad that they just never come back to church again. But you see things that are detrimental, and you say, hey, this, this is not good. I'm not going to lie to you about it just so that you feel good. That's what the enemy does. That's how he gets people to hell. So where are we at? So next one, verse 26. So if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. 
That's hard, isn't it? Don't let the sun go down with, with your still, while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. So someone's like, I'm just an angry person. No, you're just a sinful person then, right? He didn't say you can't be angry. He said, deal with it what? Quickly. Things make you mad. When I drive in traffic, it makes me mad. And then God sends me a husband to help me. He's like, why are you getting so mad? And I'm like, why does the Holy Spirit sound like my husband right now? <laughs> That's truthful. It's her fault. But see, I want you to see, I, I like my life to be raw because I like people to, to see and say, like, I'm not saying you, I'm saying me first. And I've been set free from hearing the truth, from having correction, from listening to God's word and growing and being mature. And I've also got blessing from it. So I, I want that for everybody. I want that for everyone in the kingdom. I don't want... Just me to be like, oh, the Lord's blessing me. I'm mature. It's good. God is, you know, doing all these things for me. So glad. Sucks for all you guys, but it's just me. That's terrible. That, right there, that's not a thought from the Lord. Let's keep going in the word. But it says in eight, verse 28, it says, If anyone is stealing, he must stop it and begin using those hands of his for honest work so he can give to others in need. We should be giving. Don't use bad language. Say only what is good and helpful to those you are talking to and what will give them a blessing. Don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way you live. Remember, He is the one who makes you to be present on that day when salvation from sin will be complete. Stop being mean. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty good. At the conference, we talked about mean girls, you know. But there's mean boys, too. There's mean guys. There's usually comes in the form of sarcasm, doesn't it? Stop being mean. Stop being bad-tempered and angry and quarreling and using harsh words and disliking of others should have no place in your lives. But instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. That's really good. It says, because the last part says, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. And I think, Lord, I've been mean. I've been bad-tempered. I've been angry. I definitely have quarreled. I've had harsh words. You know, I've disliked people. I've been unkind. But Christ says he forgave all of those things for me because I belong to Christ. Maturity is essential to our body. And not just this body, but the entire body. You know, we, Matt talked a little bit about Asbury and, and revival, and we want to see revival. And, and we think, and we, we send our kids to school, and we're like, oh, I don't like this public school, and this is happening, and, and this is bad, and my job is bad, and everyone around me, and you know, my family and my household, and all of this. And we forgot. We're going around like a baby and we're mad at everybody else. We want revival, then we got to grow up. I do not want babies to be running. How many of you guys would like a two year old to be in charge of your payroll? I mean, maybe how many of your own 
can they do it? <laughs> but they have the negative sign in front of them. You know how they work. <laughs> what are they going to pay you in? I mean, think about it. Do you want a two-year-old doing that? Do you want a two-year-old teaching your class? Do you want a two-year-old making the decisions for your household? That's not going to go very well. You're going to hear the same song over and over and over. You're going to be eating junk food all the time. You can't go anywhere because nobody can drive. <laughs> Nothing's going to be clean ever. No one's wearing clean clothes because you know what? Babies can't do laundry. I mean, think about how important maturity is. In the natural, we're like, yeah, we definitely want maturity. In the spiritual, I think that we're like, we're allowing babies to be like, you run it. You got this. That's crazy, right? If we wouldn't do it in the natural, why would we allow it in the spiritual? Somebody hurt me. Just like that, that, that clip I was talking about. Somebody hurt me, so I'm going to be two forever. How much are you missing out being two forever? Because maturity is essential to the body. You know, babies can understand very basic things. But as we grow, we learn new things, new skills, more revelation. Every year I get fresh revelation from the Lord. How about you guys? When you read the Word, have you read the same scripture, and every year God gives you something new out of it, and you're like, how is he packing all of this in like five words or something? There's no way that's in there. (laughs) And you read it, and you're like, oh. Grown up, you have an understanding of what that, those words mean. It becomes revelation. You know, I don't only want John 3.16. Take it, no one. I'm so, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> no, you guys, everyone knows John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And who, now, now I did the same thing. See what God did to me? Oh, Actually, that was payback right there. Maybe. Whoever shall call on his name shall not perish but have eternal life. God's good. It's in my notes. But yes, not written in my notes. I should do that. But yes, so John 3.16, it benefits us, right? That's why we put it on shirts, we say it, we repeat it all the time. You know, even unbelievers a lot of times will know what John 3.16 says, right? Because, you know, church is like, let's put on our billboard. Let's wear shirts that say it, but we put it in the back so we can't see it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a popular, it's a popular scripture, and it's good. But I don't only want John 3.16. Yes, it's beneficial. It tells us the truth, you know, that God loves us, right? Mm-hmm. He loved the world. He loves us. That he sent his son, Christ, he sent his son for us. That scripture tells us that. Good, I like that. I'm glad he sent him for us. That if we call on the name... Of Jesus, right? It says that. That's good. I want that, that we shall be saved. I want all of those things. That's good. But if I stop there, that is so beneficial for me. But if I just stop there, God loves me. He died for me. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I can't live on just that. That, that saved my soul. And I'll end up in heaven. But you know what? The destiny as God has set before me is more than just that one scripture. It says we live, you know, not on bread, but on every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So this is just a few words. I need every word. Every word. So if we stay there and we're like, that's good and I can, I can do that and I'm saved and I got saved and it's just so good. I love the Lord. He loves me. You know, I'm not going to hell. That's so good. And if we stay there and just drink that milk all the time, when someone says, hey, you know, that actually hurt me. And you're like, you know what? That's covered. Jesus died for that. You know, Jesus loves me. We just drink in our milk, drink in our milk that, like a baby. If we stay there, here's some things that won't happen. If we stay there, others will never be birthed into the kingdom because we won't mature into going out and preaching the gospel. We need to know where it says go out, preach the gospel, spread the good news, right? If you didn't know the word said that, would you do it? Would you just randomly wake up and be like, yeah, I got saved yesterday, now I'm going to go preach the gospel? How many of you even know what the gospel would be? How can you preach something you don't know? Right? So, in, like it says in Matthew 28, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It says, that's how I'm supposed to do I'm going. To, I'm supposed to speak to all nations, and then I'm also supposed to baptize them in whose name? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would I have known that if I didn't know his word? Right? So I need more. I need more than just the little bit of milk. You know, Another thing that happens if we decide to just stay in our salvation, which is salvation is good. I don't want you to think I'm saying against salvation. I'm saying, yes, you get that. That's your starting place. That is your baby being born again. The second thing is we won't live in the promises of God because we won't know what those promises are. There are so many. You know, he says he's going to strengthen you. He says he's going to answer your prayers. He says he's going to give you long life. How many lives have been cut short because they didn't know that promise and the devil came in and stole it away? I had so many people, I always keep thinking to my daughter, I'm like, Lord, if I hadn't had that scripture that said, with long life you will satisfy me and show me your salvation, and if I hadn't known that it also said in Psalms that you promised 70 or 80 years, if I hadn't known that, would my child be alive today? No. The answer is no, because the enemy, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He was waiting to come in and say, I'm stealing that promise from you because you're still a baby. But you know what? Praise the Lord that we did know. Praise the Lord that we had people in our lives to mature us and say, don't just stop there. Don't just stop at your salvation. Keep going. Keep going. See every promise that God has for you in his word. What else happens when we're just this little baby? We won't, have to, we won't know that we have power and that there is gifts available and given to us. You know, I have people all the time like, I could never pray up front. Well, God didn't say that about you. I could never prophesy. I'm pretty sure he said all shall prophesy, didn't he? <laughs> I don't believe in prophecy. Well, then you don't believe in God. Boom. <laughs> but see, we don't know that if we don't know his word, right? If we decide, like, I'm saved, I'm on way to heaven, it's so good, just me and God, you know? Well, what does God say you're supposed to do between your salvation and, and your death, your natural death? I don't know. You're just going to play in the playpen the whole time? You're just going to bask in that? I mean, when you first get saved, it's like awesome. It just seems like things are going good for you, you know, because you're, you're born new. Everyone wants to take care of you. 
When you first get saved, people are coming up, they're hugging you. Oh, I'm so happy you made that choice. Oh, I just love you so much. Um, you know, all of those things. Oh, it's so good. Come to church. Be my friend. Come out to dinner with me. Do these things. Oh, you want to come to my Bible study? And then life starts going, doesn't it? And all of a sudden you're like, why aren't they taking care of me and feeding me anymore? Why aren't they making sure I come to church? Why aren't they, you know, sending me this awesome message to encourage me, you know? I don't know how to do it myself. But think that's what you do. I come to church on Sunday to get fed because I ain't open my Bible. That's too much work, you know, to go like this. No, man, that's just too much. I can't handle it. This is with you all the time. If you say, well, I don't have time to read the word, it will read it to you. We've seen it when John's been here. <laughs> Let's see what else is in there. You, don't, you won't know you can have faith for things. Because God talks a lot in his word about faith, doesn't he? Yeah. You got anxiety? Need a little faith, right? Anxiety is not from the Lord. It's not. Quit saying I have my anxiety. Don't own something the enemy gave you. Recognize that's not from God. Lord, I have anxiety. I thank you that your grace, you know, give me faith to walk through this. Give me wisdom to walk through this. Quit owning things that the enemy says. Start picking up, clothing yourself with what God says. What else? Here's here's one that I really, we won't know the past, thus repeating it. Sometimes when we look at the Old Testament, you're like, why did God have to put all these names in there and these things like, like, I just like to be in the New Testament. It's like full of grace. You know, Jesus did all the hard things. You know, the disciples had to do the hard things. I am not getting tired, but, you know, like I'm not getting stoned, like, This is good. Like, I like the New Testament. But why do we have the Old Testament? It's still God's word. We don't say this, not this, and this. We need the Old Testament because we need to know what God has done. We need to know what the enemy's plans are. And God's like, here's how you defeat that. All of these things are in there. We need to know the past so that we don't do it again. You know, there, and, and I think sometimes we don't know, we think that, when people say, oh, it's just God's will for that person to get sick. And I was like, I have never seen that in, his, in the Bible, that it was God's will. Yeah. Nope. But how many believers tell you that? Because they don't want to be like, I don't know. They don't want to say they don't know. I don't know why God healed this person and this person went home early to the Lord. I don't know. I don't have those answers because I'm not God. But we want to be like, I'm a leader. i got to have all the answers. You know what? We'll cover everything. I'll just say everything is God's will. That way I can never be wrong and I can be like God. But think about it. We say that to people. I can know God's will because God's will is in the Bible, is in his character, right? He said, I don't want any to perish. So do you think he's like, this one, you're getting sick. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Sometimes things happen where God said, here's the rules. Here's what needs to happen if you do this. He didn't do it. He said, if you do this, this is just naturally going to happen. Do you see the difference? God didn't say, I'm going to make you sick. But he said, if you choose to live in the enemy's camp, sickness lives there. And I'm not saying, don't think, well, I'm sick. I must be doing something. That does not, 
We live in a fallen world, and guess what? The enemy has, he, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's coming. He's coming for believers and unbelievers. He doesn't care. He's going to attack whoever he can. He is not, he does not care. So, but I'm just saying, we got to know what God said so we can know the character of what God is saying. Mercy, you said something really cool to me about, Mercy, I don't know if you guys know, but um, many years ago, Mercy had, is that okay if I share that? Okay, I, I forget what, I know you, enough. I know your character. So she had eczema like on her knee and it was so bad and she prayed and it cleared up. Like it was an amazing, like before, like how is this possible? <laughs> She got that healing, and she said to me the other day, she's like, you know, I have to know what God's word said in the past and what God's word's character is because it didn't say in the Bible, mercy, you're going to get healed of eczema. Yeah. It didn't say that. It never talks about specifically eczema in the Bible even. But he, she said, God said he heals, that he's a healer. I know that's his character. It says, call in the name of the Lord and it shall be healed. You know, it says, come, have people lay hands on you and be healed. So I'm going to do all those things. And you received that. And have you had that on your knee anymore? I, I, You've had bouts, I know. I've had bouts of it, but for 10 years. It 10 was years. Completely gone. That's awesome. Yeah. If you can go 10 years, I know. that's I amazing. For 10 more. Come on. I'm, I'm agree with you with that. Yeah. We got to know so, we can, so that we can know God's character. So we need to mature. We need to grow. We need to continually receive fresh revelation. If we lived 120 years, does anyone know why I say 120 years? Come on. There we go. God said that he's made man to live 120 years. But see, if you didn't know that, you're thinking, why would she randomly grab 120 years? Do you see how important it is to know the word of God? Not the feeling I feel about the Word of God, but the actual Word of God. I can feel a lot of things in a day. <laughs> Some of them are not from the Lord. And as I'm feeling them or acting on them, the Lord's like, no, that's all you. 100%, Sarah. And he's like, you know, God usually reminds me, you're going to have a good time repenting for that. I can feel a lot of things, but there's only one truth. That's it. There's only one truth, and that's Jesus. And I know for myself, there's areas I've grown up and matured, and it's like, man, I hear from God easily there. Seems like life's going good, and these things I can do super well. And I am mature. I know it's hard to think of me being mature, especially when I'm up preaching because I'm always doing weird things. But, you know, like, I'm grown up. I'm mature in some areas. But there are other areas that God's like, you a toddler, girl. You need to get out of those diapers. You need to quit making those messes. And I share that with you because here God's called us to be like, hey, plant a church in this area and you don't know anybody and do all these things. And guess what? There's going to be a lot of people against you that are going to hate you, but you still got to do it. Okay, so it seems like we've, we've done all of this, and it's like, oh, they must just know everything or have the answers. No, we don't. There's areas that we're still babies in, that God's like, it's time to work on this spot. It's time to work on this spot, because he's not going to leave us there, and we don't want to stay there. We shouldn't have areas in our life that say, God, this isn't for you. I want to stay a baby here, because this is easier when I get to be the victim of everything, and everyone gets to feel bad for me. You know those people that no matter what, they're just the victim in everything? 
And you're like, oh, well, people were mean to me. Well, what did you do? How are you acting to them? Are you rude every time you talk to them and then you're wondering why they're rude back? Gotta grow up. We gotta grow up. So we all have areas. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where am I coming through that you're not? When I walk into my job, what are some areas that I'm not representing you? What are some areas in my character that do not look like Christ? Because if we don't ask, they're blind spots, right? Sometimes we need other people to tell us things about that. The Lord gave us spouses. <laughs> spouses, they should love you enough to be like, you're being dumb there. And I don't want you to stay there. Right? right. We're good at that. <laughs> Sometimes Matt is so good at that that I have to say, you know, I'm just having a hard day. I just want you to lie to me. I want you to tell me I look pretty and beautiful, even though I know my hair is a mess. Um, in these icky sweatpants, and I will literally tell him, please just lie to me. That's what I want you to say. He's like, I'll say it, but I know he's lying. <laughs> because he's real good about being honest. He'll be like, nope, mm-mm, nope. I'm not saying lie to your spouse. Sometimes, sometimes my emotions just need to be soothe before I can hear the truth, right? That's how you come in with love. So I've told them that. I've said, you know, maybe say, hey, I noticed that you're having a hard time instead of, why are you acting like that? <laughs> right? Yeah. I noticed that you seem to be having a hard time. Is there anything I can do? Instead of, you know better than to act like that. Right? If someone walks up to you, you already have a bad attitude. <laughs> That's how I go around the house. Nobody does anything ever in here. I have to do everything. Everything. If I'm not here, this life wouldn't even happen. You guys would have no clean clothes, right? Like, that's really what happens. That's sometimes how I am, just like that, right? And I'm yelling around the house, like, talking, but not really to anybody, but hoping they're all hearing me so that they will get the vacuum and stuff out. I have trained them when they start, when I start doing that, they're, what else can we clean? <laughs> See, you're laughing because that's in your home, too. That ain't right, Right? So he comes up to me in that moment, and he's like, he knows to stay at least six feet away. <laughs> but he's like, wow, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but if he came up and said, hey, you look like you're just upset. Could I help you? Could I vacuum? Could I do something for you? Yes, you could, and you can bring me chocolate and just have it on time. You know what? Do you see how he still need to speak the truth to me because I was out of line? My attitude was still out of line, right? I'm not going to lie and say it wasn't. But even how we bring it in love can change the household. So we've got used to where I'm like, if you see me like this, be aware and say, hey, what do you need? And then... I get the opportunity to go to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, you weren't acting right. You know what? You change your attitude. And then my attitude changes, right? And he didn't have to tell me to change my attitude. Holy Spirit, you know, because God lives on the inside of me. All the husbands I know, you were like, that's my life. And I'm telling you, if that's your life, if you were laughing at that, you better have a vacuum with your name on it. <laughs> and I don't care what she's doing. You're good. I don't care if you're vacuuming the lawn. You just keep going. <laughs> Get two of them. In my house, I have four. Two outside, two inside. And I don't care. You just vacuum something. 
I don't care what it is, the couch. Sometimes I'll come in, my husband's vacuuming the couch like this. Like, not with the attachments. <laughs> that is not even a lie at all, is it? <laughs> Look, can you see me? Please don't kill me. <laughs> don't make eye contact with her. Just keep, keep. All my, everyone in the front row here. Jordan, see, he already knows. Don't look at her when she does <laughs> Do I have cleaning moments like that where you're all like, I need to find something. She's coming into the room right now. And we said we're <sighs> That might be an area I need to grow up in. See, now y'all can call me out in that. Be like yelling at your kids and husband about not cleaning this week. <laughs> you don't say it like that unless you bring chocolate. Then you might be upset. <laughs> But I'm trying to explain this. There's areas we all have to grow up in. And it's funny because we realize, oh, that's me. And it's easier to realize it's you when it's funny than to you be in that moment and realize, oh, my gosh, I'm being terrible. I'm so far from Christ in this moment, right? And you can actually get the conviction of the Holy Spirit and change. See, that's why it's important. Like, we're here, we're like, this is funny, but I realize that's me. Now I don't want to do that anymore. Now I have some tools. I just need to keep chocolate, and I need to vacuum. I got some tools now. That's true, man. Vacuums is my favorite physical object, <laughs> if I had one. Because you know what? It just, I don't know, makes me just feel good when I'm cleaning, and I love it, and I name them, and it's weird, I know. <laughs> So I gave you, there's some things to do. Like when you see someone struggling, don't add to their struggle. When you see someone's emotions are out of control, don't add to it. Think, how can I carry that burden? How can I walk with them so that they can get back, you know, walking like Christ instead of being like, I'm going to get you as far from Christ as I can. How many of us do that sometimes? Nobody raised their hand. You know, the longer you live with somebody, you know, you have a family, the closer you are to someone, you know the buttons. And sometimes you get so mad at spouses or kids, you're just over there, boop, beep, bop, boop, beep, bop, boop, boop. Why are you being so mean to me? You just pushed every button I had at the same time. You know, and we have to get good at like, like last night I was just kind of frustrated and I went in the bathroom like I don't want anyone to even knock on the door don't say my name don't even come near just give me some time don't breathe near me for just a second I know that if you talk to me in this moment I'm going to respond badly so I'm please asking nobody speak to me then I come out doing better got some popcorn in me it was okay right because we have moments like that right am I the only one or you guys have moments like that where it's like I know if my mouth opens sin is coming out (laughs) So we need to recognize what maturity and what, what's maturity and what is not. It's very important. I like it said in verse 30, it says, don't cause the Holy Spirit sorrow by the way you live. Think about that. I don't want to cause the Holy Spirit sorrow. I thought, like, wow. Maybe you say, oh, my life's pretty good. But when we put our wants, our needs first, instead of what God says, it says, if God says live set apart, but to everyone else, you look just like the world. We need to believe they set apart. God, you know, I'm going to share this with you. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I didn't know this person. But God sent someone to my house. 
I do this randomly where I'm like, Lord, I just need to see other believers in my region. So they just show up. They don't know why they're there. So God sent this man to my house Friday. He was a stranger, and he is a believer, and we started talking about church. And we're just outside in the lawn because I don't just let strangers in my house. But, you know, so, and he was talking about how his church was full of people, um, but they were all people leaving from other churches. And I thought, okay, well, let's talk about this. He said, yeah, our church, you know, it's growing because these people got mad at this church, and so they came here. Not because God called them. And so um, I asked him, I said, well, do you ever get people who come because they're just called to this area, this region, or your church for a specific season or, or something like that? And he said, I don't know. I've, I haven't met one. And I thought, that's scary. I don't want you to come and leave a church because you're like, they did everything bad and I didn't like it and they said things and I got mad because they told me to vacuum. But there's times where God puts on your heart and says, this church has what you need. You have what this church needs. You know? Or unbelievers that didn't know the Lord all of a sudden coming to church. You know, that happens sometimes. You know, we're adding to the kingdom, not just, you know, playing chess and moving them around. And so we talked about that and we spoke more. And I said, well, you might not know this about me. I said, but I'm actually a preacher, and when people come into our church as babies, God has shown me they can come as babies, they can be making messes, invite them in, but then feed them, give them the truth, and grow them up. And I said, because old babies are ugly things. So that's where we got this, this thing, because it really was, I said, it's not bad to have these people coming in, bringing messes, bringing pains, bringing hurts, you know, not knowing the Word of God at all. I said, that's not an issue, and it shouldn't be an issue in, in the body of Christ. I said, but you shouldn't be letting people leave as babies. Bring them in, grow them up. So we have to desire to forever continue growing up because we saw those pictures. Mm-mm. It's, it's ugly. It's destructive. It's not likable when you have a bunch of babies leading and running and, and, and doing this because it causes bitterness. It causes resentment in the church. It creates atmospheres where unbelievers see us as hypocrites and hateful people. That's why it's important, not just for you and your family, because I, I want all the benefits and blessings. Don't you guys want the benefits and blessings of God? Don't you like when peace is in your home and grace, you know, you get grace for things? I like that for myself. But it, even further is unbelievers, if we are a bunch of babies not maturing, they're going to see us as hypocrites and hateful people, aren't they? How many people tell you, I'm not going to church because they're hypocrites? I don't like that church. They're hypocrites. Because they did one bad thing. And, of course, the enemy is going to highlight bad things to unbelievers in your life. You do one wrong thing, every unbeliever is like, oh, I'm watching this. You do a thousand good things. It's like they didn't see that. The enemy knows what he's doing. But that's why we got to grow up so that we don't give opportunities for unbelievers to see us act like the enemy, to act like the world. we got to grow up. We're like, yay, I'm saved. That's so good. What do you want me to do? It says that I'm supposed to pick up my cross now. What is your cross? Start picking it up. Don't be like, Jesus, I'm so glad you got that cross. Can you keep carrying it for me? I like it here. I like all the free stuff. I like the easy stuff. I like you doing the hard work. I like just being able to say it's God's will or you can't judge me because, you know, that's God's job. Actually, inside the body, it says we are to judge one another. So if you saved, ha-ha. 
You know what I mean? You sinning and someone comes up and says, hey, that's actually detrimental to our church, our body. That's harmful. You know what? You go back there and you go grab someone's kid and spank them. I'm going to confront you. We're going to have an issue, aren't we? Right? I'm going to be like, hmm, I don't know what you're doing or what you... If you come in here and, and you're blaspheming the name of the Lord and yelling it out and things like that, I'm probably going to say, you know what? We're not going to do that. And we have the right to say that. So we need to grow up so that unbelievers can say, wow, like, I see the blessings. I see, you know, freedom. I see favor. I see grace on these people. Because there's so many people I look at and I'm like, Lord, how awesome would it be if they knew you? I look at prominent people in the world. I'm like, Lord, I got to keep praying for them. You know, people are like, uh, you know, even things like, you know, presidents and, and people who run big companies and we're like, oh, they're just terrible people. And it's like, I need to pray for them. I need to pray. They, I need them to see the Lord because you know what? They're making decisions and choices that affect, you know, whole generations. And Lord, what would happen if they knew you? I need to be grown up instead of saying they're terrible and I hope they die. And I hope, you know what I mean? I've heard Christians are like, I just wish I could get, you know. Because we get scared. We get scared. But unbelievers need to see Christ in us. They don't need to see a mirror. Right? They don't need to see a mirror. They need to see Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And they are stuck in death, and we need them to come into the kingdom, into life. They don't even know that they're in a prison. They don't know that they are, they are in death. We need to show them life. If we are showing them death, why would they change location? Why would they change their actions? Why would they change their lifestyles, right? We're like, hey, you want to come from this death to this death? No one wants to do that. But if you say, hey, you've been in prison all these years, you want to come and have freedom? I want that, right? How many of you guys know when you get home and you have a dog that goes in a cage, you open that cage, they love you, right? They're jumping on you, they're, they're so thankful, they're happy because they got let out, right? That is how it should be for believers when they're like, oh my gosh, I've been here in this cage, in this prison, and you gave me the truth, you let me out, gave me freedom. We can't afford to have old infants we got to grow it up. Some areas you're grown, some areas you got to grow. But that's between you and the Lord. Ask God. Ask Him honestly. I think the hardest thing is to actually go to God and ask Him honestly about ourselves, right? It's hard to hear that. Let's pray.